This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Pro Stock Hockey. Pro Stock Hockey is the largest online supplier of Pro Stock Hockey equipment. They sell high-end hockey gear, originally made for the pros, to your average everyday hockey player for just a fraction of the cost. Now, if you've experienced purchasing Pro Stock gear before, it normally doesn't come with a warranty. At Pro Stock Hockey, it does. Pro Stock Hockey will provide a one-time replacement if the stick you purchase from the website breaks from normal playing conditions due to a defect in manufacturing within 30 days from that date of purchase. Why spend $300 for a twig that you potentially could purchase for around $100? For the month of February, Pro Stock Hockey is offering a discount to Morning Skate listeners and followers. That's right, you. Put in code MORNINGSKATE at checkout and save 10% off your first purchase, one use per customer. Again, that's promo code MORNINGSKATE, M-O-R-N-I-N-G-S-K-A-T-E, to save 10%. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, February 11th, the boys are back, Ked's here, Hal is off the IR, and he's back, and he is, I, I don't I don't know how he is, how, how are you doing, man? I'm alright, dude. Did you have a good week off? On the podcast? Yeah, it was like, thank God I took that off, it was a big, uh, big Sunday for me, so. How, how are you coping with, um, with, you know, what happened? Uh, to be honest, like, I've been saying it, shout out to Hutch, talk a lot of Patriots with Hutch uh, for the last couple of years. All year long, the Patriots defense has made me super nervous, a bunch of no-names, so I mean, like, in retrospect, that was probably the worst Patriots team to ever make a Super Bowl, even if our offense was unbelievable. Uh, I don't know, man, I'm kind of, it sucks, it sucked in the moment, but I'm kind of over it. Do you blame BizDev Dale for his buffalo chicken wing dip? No, he didn't make any buffalo chicken wing dip, and if he did, then I'm going to kill him. I bet. Oh, wow. We'll find that out later. Uh, we have a lot on tap. A lot of things happen this week in hockey, so we're going to get right into it. NHL on the news. Go. All right, NHL on the news. Get right after it. Like I said, uh, Alex Burrows has been suspended 10 games for being a rat. Um... So, essentially what happened was Taylor Taylor Hall just, like, nice clean hit, very hard hit. Uh, Burroughs didn't like it, got up, kind of gave him some slashes or whatever. They're scrumming in front of the net, everything was kind of okay, and then Burroughs came over and tackled him. And while he tackled him, instead of punching him, he just used his knee and just started kneeing him in the head like a psychopath. Um, Burroughs ended up getting 10 games. I think it's justified I like 10 games. What, what do you have, like... On this entire fiasco, obviously it was a it was a rat play. Do you think he got enough games? What? Yeah, I um, I fucking hate Alex Perro so much. He's like, I think he's the worst. He's currently like in the league. Like, there was a time where like I feel like people talk about like Matt Cook or like Rafi Torres. Like, Alex Burrows is like the worst person in the at league. Like, I I cannot stand him. It blows my mind that. Uh, the Senators traded, like, a second-round pick for him and then signed him long-term. Like, Dude, it was more than that. It was Dolan. They got, like, a really good prospect. And a second-round pick. So, I mean, it, it's insane, dude. Like, he's so – he's such a scumbag. Like, people call Marshan a rat. Like, Marshan and Burroughs – like, Marshan is a very dirty player, but he's not in, like, the same universe to me as Alex Burroughs. I – it was just a stupid play, dude. Like, why are you kneeing somebody in the head? Like, drilling somebody's face into the ice is such a scumbag move. Like, I can understand. Like, I've been in, like, a scuffle where it's, like, a pile-up in, like, a weird situation. And maybe, like, smear a guy's fucking face in the ice. You know what I mean? Just kind of, like, Yeah, squirming around. Yeah. But that's completely different than, like, cocking up your leg and, like, throwing it into him as hard as you can. It's such a stupid move. He's, he's pulled hair. He's bit someone. And now he's need somebody in the head. He's basically everyone's 
fucking annoying six-year-old cousin that they just want to throw through a wall at a holiday party. Yeah, uh, I forget, somebody tweeted it out, but they said that during the off-season, like, Burroughs will attend all these players, like, charity events to, like, try to become friends with these players, and then nobody still likes him. Yeah, he, that makes so much sense, too, that, like, Alex Burroughs just wants to be loved. It's like, dude, like, you don't, it's one thing if you cross the line and, like, you get, like, that bad reputation. Like, Tom Wilson sometimes crosses the line, and, like, I kind of have a problem with him, but I also still kind of respect him. But, like, Burroughs does it in such stupid ways. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know, man. If I was on the Devils and I saw that, I probably would have tried to cross-check him. Yeah, right? I'm surprised Yeah, I'm surprised nothing happened from that. I'm, I don't know their schedules or whatever, but it'd be kind of cool if the Devils and the Senators play again before the end of the year. Because, I mean, Taylor Hall is your best player. You can't have that happening to him. Um, moving on, my team has decided to rebuild. They sent out a letter to all the fans pretty much saying, sorry for sucking. We know that we suck. We respect all of our guys, but we're gonna. there's going to be a lot of moves. We just want to let you know where we're at. All this stuff. Um, so Mark Stahl was placed on the IR. McDonough was hurt, so the Rangers had to call up Neil Pionk. And, uh, damn it, his name's not Adam or Doug. I don't know what's first name. Last name's Gilmore. And I was talking to Hal before the podcast. I think that Gilmore kid's going to stick. He he can just skate. And I think if you can skate in the NHL, you probably got a pretty good spot there. Um I mean, it's been one game that those kids were called up, and that was the most fun I've had watching a Rangers game all year. It was it was kind of like, but before all this happened, it was kind of like the Rangers thought that like they had jobs and they didn't have to worry about anything, and like it, they were just going through the motions, kind of. And now that these kids are there, I think it's just like a breath of fresh air, and now they actually started playing hockey again. It's only been one game, but I think that Gilmore kid's gonna be sick, and I'm pretty pumped with what they're gonna do. Uh, there's been a lot of talk Nash is going to go to the Preds or the Stars. Grabner's going to be on the move. Recently just saw a rumor about McDonough perhaps going to your Bruins. Um, it's exciting, I, I, and I think it's kind of cool that they recognize that they didn't have a Stanley Cup contending team, and instead of just doing what the Rangers normally do, they're like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and start over. And, eh, and I, I don't hate it. Um, what do you have on this? <laughs> the Rangers stink. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it brought me so much joy that, like, the letter and all of this, and I think Brendan Smith, and it all came out the day after the Bruins lost 6-1. Uh, anytime you have Tim Schaller turning defensemen inside out and, like, going far down, it's usually a sign that you need to uh, rebuild your team. I don't know, man. I'm kind of loving it, uh, to be honest with you. Like, I don't want to bring you down anyway, or Ranger fans. It just, like, brings me kind of joy to see the Rangers failing. Uh, I think they're doing the right thing. I think, I just think they need to sell hard. Like, there's so many players you need to get rid of. Uh, they need to do it as soon as possible. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait till the off season. Like, I know some people think that makes sense. So, like, maybe wait to trade some of these guys. I would try to get out there now. Um, yeah, man. It it must be weird for you. I kind of going through this process, but exciting at the same time. The one thing I will say, though, is, like, uh, Ranger fans, I mean, you're probably going to disagree with this, but Ranger fans have been talking, like, like, oh, man, like, these last, like, ten years have been, like, so awesome. Like, what unbelievable teams. Like, we've been a contender all these years. Like, I feel like Ranger fans have been in a torture chamber for, like, ten years. Like, you've always been so good, but, like, not good enough, and, like, it always falls apart. Like, has this really been, was this really an end of an era? Like, is this really, like, such a special era for Ranger fans? I feel like it was a fucking tough go. I think you have to kind of look back before we started making the playoffs. So there was quite a gap of very, very bad hockey played in New York. And it was, it was cool. Um, 2014 was, was a great year. Uh, the year that they lost to the Devils in the conference finals, that was a great year. I thought that was the best team that the Rangers ever had. Um but like over the last couple of years, man, like it really hasn't been that fun watching them play. Like they get to they get to the playoffs, and it's just kind of like you know what's going to happen. Like we're going to get beat by Pittsburgh. The last time that the Rangers were good in the playoffs, it was the year that I went uh, with my old man. We saw the Penguins play, but that was also the same year Zuccarello got hurt. So I think they made they may have made the conference final again that year against Tampa. But that could have been another year that no, it could have been Tampa because Tampa didn't make the final final, did they? 
they did. Okay. Well, then it had to have been that year. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm again. I'm excited about it. I kind of want to get some young kids up here and watch them play. Like it's gonna be nice not having to see the same stupid fucking faces. Like we talked about this too. Kevin Hayes and Jimmy Vc think they're fucking celebrities in New York City because they live in the same like areas. Jay Z and Beyonce. Like I don't care about that. I think they just show up to the rink every day thinking, oh, I'm a New York Ranger, I have nothing to worry about. And now it's like, oh, fuck, like, instead of being on cruise control all year, maybe we should do something. So I think that's kind of cool. I agree with you. I think you got to get rid of all, pretty much everybody. Otherwise, you, there's no point. So here, here's part of my thing, though, is, like, you're getting rid of Grabner. McDonough's definitely on the trade block. And, like, I love McDonough. I know you said he's rumored to the Bruins. I hope the Bruins don't do that. Uh and I'll tell you why, just as a little side tangent. Uh, the Bruins have been so good this year, but it's been such a surprise. Like, I think there's, like, this camaraderie in that locker room where it's, like, all these young guys and everyone's playing their role. I just think it sends the wrong message to that team if they bring in a stud like McDonough. Give you don't want to fuck up like their juju. Yeah, just stick to the plan. So that's my point on that. I think a team would be really lucky to get McDonough. I think the, um, I think the Rangers have, and. The Bruins could look at Grabner, too, because I think Grabner would really help out your team. I think forwards-wise, you guys are pretty set, but you put Grabner on your penalty kill, too. Like, good luck. Yeah, I still have the same sentiment, but I think Grabner will go to a playoff team and rock it. Uh, hopefully it's not like the Penguins. I can see that happening. Yeah, so classic. Now. Hey, Grabner, um, go play with Sidney Crosby. Okay. It has, like, 500 breakaways in a year, and it scores 60 goals. Yeah, so I... So, I mean, like, it's got to be exciting as a Rangers fan. I think there's so many uh, question marks. Definitely, like, the older guys that they're trying to trade, I completely understand. But the two things that it always comes back to is, one, you got to fire AV. We've been over that a thousand times on this podcast. You can't rebuild with that fucking clown as your coach. Um, the other thing, the other thing that uh, I really thought about, and you just mentioned it, is, like, are Kevin Hayes and, like, BC, are those guys you really want to stick around in this rebuild, like, they're young players and they have talent, but like, I don't want—I don't want them leading the new set of kids coming up. Does that make sense? Do. No, I don't. Yeah, that's my—that's my point, dude. Is like, those guys seem kind of tainted. Like, I, I agree with you. I think they're a little too comfortable. They definitely have skill and well, upside. Well, if like, you think about it, every year that those guys have been in the league, they've made the playoffs every year. They're, they've never had to go through a stretch where it's like, oh shit, we may not make the playoffs. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I think the Rangers really need to take like a deep look. Maybe sell sell the fucking sell the team, dude. Like I don't know. Like just get rid of the majority of your players on the NHL roster. I know that's not probably going to happen or like even possible, but it, it just seems like they need a little bit of a culture shock. There. Yeah, there's very few people that. I mean, I want to keep Zuccarello. I just don't see him staying, which sucks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a secondary team at some point. Um. The only like forward wise you gotta keep Uchnevich. I think you I think you kinda have to keep Kreider in a weird way because I think Kreider's a part of you know, he's never experienced the Rangers not being good and he's been led by this group of people and if those people are gone it'd be interesting to see how Kreider reacts, how you know what I mean? Yeah. I um think I think that's a guy you hold on to Zabinajad. I don't know. I I'm excited about it. That's all I wanted to go get into that. Also, Gilmore's gonna be sick. You heard it here first. Um Moving on, P.K. Subban, Brendan Gallagher, they got into it last night. And then after the game, Brendan Gallagher was quoted this. Uh, it's just bowing hard. He was talking, doing what he does. But like I said, I don't know why we're talking about him. That's kind of what he wants. He came in here and tried to make it about P.K. Subban, which is what he does. We're going to focus on our team. We lost the game, try and regroup and go from there. Like I said, I don't know why we're talking about him. That's what he wants. You can let him talk about himself all night. I'm sure he'll give you guys enough lines. I'm not going to help you out with that. Um, it sounds like there was a little trouble in paradise when P.K. Subban was on the Canadians. What do you have on this one? Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel a little vindicated by this quote, um, just because I think if you listen to this podcast, you know my stance on P.K. Subban. I think he's a great human and a great hockey player, but the dude loves the cameras. He loves the limelight. Everything he does is a publicity stunt. I've compared him a thousand times to J.J. Watt in the NFL, and I will stick to it. They're the same exact human being. Everything, like, is, like, built in this, like, marketing echo chamber of, like, how can I be the most likable person ever? Like, how can I always have the attention on me? And I'm going to stick to that, dude. Like, I, I've always firmly believed that. It doesn't surprise me uh, that Gallagher came out and said this. Although, at the same time, part of me thinks that Gallagher might just be super salty right now. 
because he's a heart and soul guy. He's kind of like one of the only guys on that Canadian team that every single night is going out there and giving it his best shot. And PK's in Nashville, like, lighting it up on a Stanley Cup contender. So I'm sure there's some salt there, but, like, I completely understand this perspective. Like, do pe- are people really shocked by this quote? Like, and are people really going to badmouth Brendan Gallagher? Like, he, I think he's just stating a fact that, like, EK lives for the drama. Like, that's why he was so great for the Bruins-Canadians rivalry. He was always mixed up in it because he lives for that stuff. That's who he is. Like, everyone knows people like that that just do life for, like, Instagram likes. And that's what PK Subban is. So, to me, not a surprise. Just kind of makes me feel like my hot take on PK Subban all along has been correct. Still, still a good dude and not a great hockey player, though. Yeah, I think so. Um, still crazy that like they they got him out of there to change up the makeup of their locker room. I I, I don't think I would ever be able to trade a guy like that. I get it that he likes the line line, I know that, but he seems like he's a good fuck dude. He's a great hockey player, and if that's the if that's the thing that you have to take with him, I think that's well worth it. Well, the thing is, is you should be able to build a locker room where you have enough guys in the locker room to keep them in check where that doesn't become an issue. Mm-hmm. Like a pro, it's a professional sports locker room. You're going to have people who are fucking egocentric and just want everything about them. Like, that's the way it is. But you just need to have leaders in the locker room that put them in place, and they didn't have anybody who could do that. Okay. All right. And then one other thing came from this. Uh, Colton Tuber tweeted at Gallagher, don't let Monday get to you uh, regarding this. And the first thing that came out is apparently, I've never heard this before, but Mondays means black people, according to UrbanDictionary.com. Uh, so everybody's calling this guy a racist. I personally never knew, like, so if you say, oh, I hate Mondays, it's essentially you saying I hate black people. Did you ever, have you ever heard this? No. I thought it was just I hate Monday, because Mondays suck. Yeah, it's a tough look, though. So... So people are saying, oh, it's because he's black and all this stuff. But now there's a whole new report that came out that said um, Subban's nickname on the World Junior team was Monday because everyone hates Mondays. So now I just I don't really know about this. If this guy's racist, not racist, whatever. I don't think – I don't know. I don't think it was like a racial thing. I think it was just like he was calling this guy Monday because everybody called him Monday. But then it brings it back to the point, was everybody calling him Monday to begin with because of that? I don't know. I just want to go. I'm going to call this the Joe Haggerty uh, hot take, look back in time uh, portal hotline. And I'm going to say uh, I saw this on Twitter. The LA Kings drafted Drew Doughty and Colton Tuber in the draft, uh, in the same draft, in like two picks after Tuber was Eric Carlson. So the LA Kings could have had Drew Doughty and Eric Carlson on the same team there. Oh, so this guy's a hockey player? Oh, well, that would make sense if they were teammates. Is this Colton Tuberg, does he play anymore? He was on that World Junior team, dude. He was a first-round pick. He uh, he plays in, like, Germany now or some shit. He's like a uh, Dale – I don't know who he is. He's like Steve Eminger. Like, never made it. Steve, that's a hell of a comparison. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Eminger, holy fuck. I don't know why Steve Eminger. Steve Eminger, I think he was in the 2003 draft, like, 22nd overall by the Washington Capitals. I'm going to stack down, though. That's crazy. He was a New York Ranger, man. Yeah, all right, well, it's... Shocking let's we didn't win a cup. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Claude Giroux, this should be really quick, just wanted to say this. Uh, shout out to Claude Giroux. He has 62 points in 55 games, and he's surpassing last year's total of 58, and he still has 27 games to play. So, Claude Giroux's back. Back in a big yeah. way. Side note, Steve Eminger was the, 12, was the 12th overall pick, which is fucking insane. But yes, dude, um, yeah, Claude Giroux... Never will get the love that he deserves. I don't know if it's because he's in Philly or because he's had a few seasons where he's kind of disappeared. But Claude Giroux is a great hockey player. I feel mm-hmm. like he's always up there in points. Um, I don't know what it is. Do you think, like, I don't think the media hates Claude Giroux, but why do you think Claude Giroux, like, when he's having a season like this, never gets the shine that he deserves? Because it always happens. I don't know, man. That's a good question. Um one of my favorite hockey memories is the one playoff game with the Flyers and the Penguins. And before the game started, Claude Drew told LaViolette that he wanted to start the game. He gives Drew the start. He goes out and he lays out Sidney Crosby. And then, like, ten seconds later, he gets the puck and he fucking takes a slap shot and scores. Phillies up one nothing. Like, that that was the that was leadership in a nutshell, dude. Just, like, watching that game, seeing that happen. I thought that was badass. It could be the market that he's in. It could be the Flyers haven't been relevant for how long. 
and I'm not chirping Philly or whatever, but I mean, it's true. Like, when was the last time that anybody ever played the Philadelphia Flyers and they're like, oh, shit, we're playing the Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah, but that, I don't think that's Claude Giroux's fault. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people say you're a, he's a bad captain, he's a bad leader. Like, he just has shitty teams. Like, Philly has not had a competent team in, like, quite some time where they have a goalie, a back end, an offense. They always have, like, two out of the three. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I think he just gets blamed. Like, and I, I don't get it, man. 62 points in 55 games. Good for him. I like Claude. Ever since, like, his, like, rookie year when he had, like, his hand in the cast, he was playing beer pong. I was like, that's Claude. Giroux. He's kind of tough, too. Like, he, he's not, like, a huge fighter, but he's, like, he won't back down from shit. And the one thing that Claude Drew is better that than pretty much anybody is his face-offs are fucking ridiculous. And, I mean, they made that new rule about, like, getting tossed out of face-off dots this year and shit. And somebody's going to have to look this up, but I'm, st- I'm sure he's still fucking doing a great job so quick shout out to claude drew man i'm glad that you turned that around i know this is like completely off topic but i just i read this stat today too and i want to throw it in there same division the new york islanders in 55 games have given up 200 goals already and i think there was like five teams in the league last year that gave up 200 goals so just speaking on uh just teams that don't have goaltenders or defense shout out to the islanders fuck the islanders crazy did you see did you see the Islanders game uh, when they scored like four goals on a five-minute power play? No. Yeah, they scored. Oh, I forget who they were playing. It was like Friday night, four goals on a five-minute power play to win the game. Came back, yeah. No like, way. Yeah, crazy stuff. Can you imagine being a fan of that team? Oh, my God, I'd be so pumped if I saw the Rangers get a five-minute power play and they scored four fucking goals. That's sick. Yeah, that's like, uh, I don't want to say a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but at least once in a season, like, tops. You, you're, you, way more than once in a season, dude. That's probably once. I, I I would love to know how many times that's that that has happened. I don't yeah. think many. Pretty crazy. Pretty good power play. I didn't watch the game. I'm wondering if it was just, like, they kept Tavares and Barzell out there, like, all five minutes. It could be. And that's a hell of a fucking memory. Oh, like, do you remember that one time we had a five-minute power play? We scored four fucking goals and came back. That's sick. Like, I, uh, I'm jealous as fuck I'm not an Islanders fan because that's something that you live to watch, like, on TV. Like, your team do something like that. That's a YouTube highlight that you go back to at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning on, like, a Friday night, like, six years down the road. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, Vinny LeCavier retired. Uh, I don't know... We put it down. I guess he had a great career in Tampa. I kind of have a hot take, man. Let's hear it. A super overrated player. Agree or disagree? I, I don't. I don't really have numbers to back it up. I may just be an idiot, but for some reason, I thought people always like had throttle on so hard for this fucking guy. And I, he may have been a good leader. He definitely had a great cup run that one time. But like, other than that, is he really that fucking awesome? I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, so Vinny LeCavier, I actually kind of liked him. He was um, tough. He was tough as fuck. He was tough. He was fast. He had a good shot. I think he was I think he was kind of like in his heyday, I think, and it's kind of hard to get it confused because, like, for our perspective, the majority of his prime of his career, we were a little bit older. So when we paid more attention, he was nowhere near as good as he was. And it might be just the number that threw me off, but I feel like he was a modern-day power forward. Like, I think if he came in the league when he was 18 or 19, he still would have lit it up in, like, today's NHL. Like, I think he was that good and fast, and he had every skill. I always liked that he wore number four. I don't know why. Does Taylor Hall wear? What number does Taylor Hall wear? Uh, I can look it up really quick. Um, they, they always kind of win me of each other, too, but it's always a weird move when a forward wears Taylor, a Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall wears uh, nine. Okay, so that's a little bit different, but... Uh, I kind of always look at those players the same. The one thing I was getting at on this terrible ramble is that Vinny LeCavalier, like, whenever I doubt how good he is, if you go to, like, a Tampa game or you talk to any Tampa fans, like, you would think automatically, like, who is, like, your favorite Tampa player? Like, you think you'd be split, like, 50-50 between Martin St. Louis and Vinny LeCavalier? Yeah. It's almost, like, 100% Vinny. Like, every time. It makes, like, Tampa Bay Lightning fans value him so much that it's hard for me to, like disagree just because like when a franchise stands behind that player so much compared to other great players that are also on those teams it's kind of eye-opening like he must have met a lot to florida so I don't know. would you agree with this when when we were younger it seemed like like guys scored way more and like had way more points like i remember playing like old nhl video games and having 150 points 170 points and it was like normal yeah okay so i'm looking up his stats right now in 06-07, he had 52 goals, 56 assists for 108 points. 
So I'm looking at that, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's a hell of a year. And I'm thinking as in, like, right now. But, like, back then, was that a lot, do you think? You won the Rocket that year. Okay, so it was quite a bit. Um, he ended up with 383 goals, 491 assists, and, and for 874 points and 1,037 games played. Uh, Where are you stats, dude? Uh, HockeyReference.com. I have different stats in front. Ooh, this is interesting. Hockey Reference. Why don't you go to HockeyDB, dude? I just I just picked whatever one was first. Why? This is this way off? Oh I wait, have. wait, wait! I, I I completely lied. That was for when he was in Tampa. Career-wise, 1,200-plus games played, 421 goals, 528 points for 949 uh, points total. Uh, 528 assists, 949 points total. One thing, though, he is a career-dash-139 player. Fuck. You know what's crazy, dude? As I thought for a second, we just, like, broke some, like, fake news that, like, hockey reference or hockey DB had, like, fake stats on us. I'm kind of pissed that it didn't turn out that way. I'm sorry. What do you have on him being dash 139? I think he played on some pretty bad Tampa teams. I I, I don't know, man. That's kind of interesting to think about, too, because he definitely played for Tortorella a few years. I mean, the year they won the Cup, it looks like he was a plus 23. Dude, in, so. four, in 14 years, he had 120. Oh, wait. In seven, I'm a fucking idiot. In 18 years, he had 127 power play goals. Power play specialist, dude. That's pretty sick. Yeah, man. I don't know. That's interesting to think about. I guess I never really thought. I mean, Tampa did have some pretty bad teams. So, I guess he was just kind of their, like, savior, really. He was their only thing they had, except for when they went on, like, two runs in his entire career there. Yeah, so maybe it was a little bit better than I thought. Still, yeah, but like you said, you talked to a Tampa Bay fan, and it's like, he's fucking Gordy Howe. So, I don't know. And then, last in NHL in the news, Marc-Andre Fleury had a big night. Uh, he went back to Pittsburgh where he cried during a video tribute and then lost his team the game 5-4. to four. What do you have on this? I don't know. Before we get into this, I just want to say, holy French. This was like the week of French hockey. You got yeah. Burroughs, who's French, Pete, the Canadians, Vinny Cavalier, Claude Giroux, Marc-Andre Fleury. All we need holy is that asshole Bellamar to talk about, dude. And we hit the trifecta. Well, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we hit the exacto box, dude. I don't know, man. I I know you hate Flurry. That's why I wanted to talk about this. I thought it was uh, it was kind of funny that like I hate Flurry, but I'm gonna say this: he's kind of growing on me this year a little bit. Oh man! Oh man! Sound these alarms? Maybe he's not. May, okay, can I say this? I've always hated him just because of like every, everybody loving him, but I've never. I don't think I've ever said he's a bad goalie. There. He, right. He's actually I, uh, like fundamentally sound wise. Him and Carey Price, like I think they're the most fun watching them like track pucks and like make routine saves. I think they're just very like fundamentally sound. Uh, I will say this about Mark Andre Fleury: Is he my favorite goalie ever? No. When he came into the league as an 18 year old with those all yellow pads, that was one of the coolest moves of all time. Right, dude. I, yeah. Uh, the, the biggest takeaway from this night, though, is just so he basically he gets the tribute. He cries. I mean, it's kind of understandable. I guess, I mean, I'm not going to hate on the guy. It's not like he was bawling. Like, he's had a couple of tears come out of his eyes. And then he gets lit up for five. So, I mean, perfect world for the Penguins, if you think about it, right? They have one of the best, maybe the best team in the NHL this year coming into their barn. Uh, I mean, this is just tactical warfare. I, obviously, they were going to do it, but it's just a great circumstance to get the goalie off their game. I mean... Quite frankly, and this might sound fucked up, and people would say, no, you have to get Flurry the chance to play in this game. He deserves it. He's going home. I would have sat him, like. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't do that. Can you imagine if they sat him? You need, as a coach, as a coach, your job is to put the best team forward to win every night. Mm -hmm. And having Marc-Andre Flurry out there with a box of Kleenex, like, crying in the crease, doesn't give that to you, like. I understand how fucked it is. I understand everyone would be like, Gerard Gallant needs to get fired. Well, it's like, you know what? What does Gerard Gallant have to lose? He already got kicked off a team like Moss once and left out of rape to take an Uber to an airport. Like, that guy has stones. Like, he should have thought, like, you know what? Maybe I'm not putting my goalie in the best position ever uh, in this game. I mean, fuck, he's a backup goalie. He's still on the bench. When they did the tribute video, you could have been like, hey, go take a victory lap. Have him, like, go skate out there with his ball cap on. Get a good cry in, but I don't think it was necessary to play in this game. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> I, I I know what you mean. I think like uh, 
it, like two plus two equals four, like that makes sense. But I think like you can't not play him. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna move on. We're gonna go to the Patty B hotline now. Take it away, Patty B. Hey guys, this is the Pat Valentine hotline. Brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thanks, Pat. All right, so we got two voicemails today. Uh, pretty good ones. So we are going to dive into them now. Hey, guys. So as a Sabres fan, this has been a terrible year for me. But as a Rochester Americans fan, this has been a great year for me. And I'm wondering what your assessment of other teams' uh, farm systems is. Are there any bad teams this year that could be great next year when they start pulling players up? Are there any teams that are going to be in trouble next season because they don't have anybody in their farm system? Anyway, love the show. And... Uh, can't wait to listen next week. See ya. All right, there it is. So <clears throat> we're talking farm teams, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just get ahead of this. I'm gonna control the media before the media controls you. I don't know anything about farm teams. I I know a little bit about the Wolfpacks. I'm a Rangers fan. I know that they sucked last year. They got a new coach, and they're like right around 500 this year, which is way better than last year. Um, farm teams, yes. I I, I told how this. This is this may be a very hot take. I just don't think they matter that much. They matter in the sense that if somebody gets injured, you call somebody up. But normally, it all depends on like your first dra- first round draft picks. Like, how often has somebody been in the minors for like four years and then they come up and they tear it up for the for their team? Does that ever happen? Like, yeah, no, exactly. like normally, like normally, a kid who comes up and plays is like a first round pick, and he plays plays half the year in the AHL, and then they bring him up and he's fucking nasty. Like, so I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This go Wolfpack. What What do you have on this one? Yeah, I mean, I didn't say that. I didn't say this before. Uh, I think that's like one of the dumber takes you've had. Personally, I under I understand your side of it, but like right now, aren't you pumped up about John Gilmore? Didn't we just get jazzed up about John Gilmore? This he is played that, all last year in the AHL. So that's one year, dude. One and a yeah, half that's years. One year, exactly, dude. That's one full year. They even get called up once last year. Yeah, right? but yeah, but we're also in a rebuild right now, and we're a bad team. Like this isn't helping out a good team. So what's your point? My point is, is he said, is there any farm teams that are going to turn somebody into a good team? Like, we're a bad team right now. If we were a good team, right. they wouldn't have called him up. Right, but you could look at your farm team right now, and you could say that, like, even if John Gilmore doesn't stick and he goes back down, like, it is going to make a significant difference in your team next year. I can look at the Boston Bruins and look at this roster this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tory Krug played over a year in the AHL. Pasternak kind of did what you were alluding to. But if you look at like our bottom six, our fourth line that has meant so much to this team, uh, Achari, Corrali, Zarnik, Schaller, they were all AHL guys for several years, and they've come up and they've made a difference. And while it might not be like the biggest difference in the world, it still makes your team a better. Like if you can homegrown a bo- home grow a bottom six and have them be productive and like play their role, then that makes all the difference in the world. Danton Heinen for the Bruins is another guy who had a great AHL year last year, and he's almost a point for per game player this year like you're not going to get those stars and i completely get what you're saying in that aspect but i think it also it, it also could be the team that i'm rooting for as well because if you look at the new york rangers they've they've had like boonieva is up there for a half year they set him down i remember we used to have merrick rivik or whatever like our bottom six is primarily like older guys or free agent signings the rangers and that maybe has to, has to do with the coach i guess but they don't normally have like those young kids up playing yeah and i i think too like the ahl kind of evolved in that sense the league has gotten younger, and it's not like it used to be where guys would just, like, have to go to the AHL, or now it's more of, like... I mean, yeah, dude, look at the Red Wings. Back when they had the Adirondack Red Wings, like, they had Malpy, Draper. Like, they had all those fucking guys that ended up being huge players for the Red Wings, and I guess my thing is, is that maybe, it, maybe it's just because I'm a Rangers fan, but, like, I don't really see that as much anymore. That's fair. I mean, so what I did is I kind of looked at this question, and I looked at it two different ways, so... I looked at two teams that I found kind of interesting this year in the AHL. The first one is the Roadrunners, the Arizona Coyotes AHL team. Uh, Arizona's a dumpster fire, and, like, if you look at, like, Domi scored, like, two goals in his last, like, 40-something games, might want to trade. They got rid of Duclair. Basically what's happening there is, like, they have all these young players, and it's not working out, and they're ruining their development. So they have two kids, Strom, who I hate the Stroms, but he's doing well in the AHL, and then they have Nick Merkley, too, who's the first-round pick who's been lighting it up in the AHL. He's, like, well over a point-per-game player. I think if you're the Coyotes, like, keeping those two guys there during this rebuild and maybe helping them grow their all-around game is a positive and something that the AHL could use. Uh, Shout-out, Seth. What? Shout-out, Seth. 
don't know what you're saying. You're talking Coyotes, dude. Seth is our fan from, from uh, Arizona. He loves Coyotes. Oh, I sounded like you are just fucking mumbling. My, my other team, too, that I just looked at, because I was just looking at the standings, and I found this super interesting. So the Manitoba Moose are, like, at the top of the league right now in the AHL. And usually when I look at, like, an AHL team and they're at the top of the league, if you just go through their roster, it's, like, 27-year-olds and 28-year-olds. Yeah. a bunch of fucking glory men. I mean, their top scorers, they have this Appleton kid, Patan, Niku, Roslov, Lemieux. Those are, they're all, like, 20, 21 years old. So, I mean, if a few of those kids pan out for Winnipeg, who's already a dangerous young team, and they have those guys up in the NHL next year playing bottom six minutes or whatever they're doing, I mean, I think that's a win. So I completely understand your stance, Ken. I just think that having a good AHL team that teaches, like, skilled guys how to be role players in the NHL that might not make it otherwise is, like, so valuable. And hopefully, like, you'll see that with the Rangers. Like, maybe you guys will start getting a few more guys. I bet you that's what happens during this rebuild. When you start to rebuild, you start having these fourth, fifth-round picks that need seasoning in the AHL. And, and I think that it can really pay off in the long run. So while the AHL isn't as important as it used to be, I definitely think uh, kind of got to show it some love. Yeah, and to support my really dumb take, if you just said your fourth line, my fourth line is Peter Holland, Cody McLeod, and Paul Carey. Yeah, and that and that's an issue. Like, that's an issue with the Rangers' organizational depth. Like, you need to have that depth where you know if you call you have – Young guys on call, like John Gilmore, that's what you want. You want to have young guys like that on a moment, moment's notice. Like The Bruins have been so good at that. Like Grizzlick this year came up, and he's made such a difference for us. He's been in the AHL for like a year and a half. Just having that chance to like be like, oh, we have like 10 guys to choose from the AHL. One of them's going to stick. So yeah, uh, more depth is better. All right, and then we're just going to have one more Patty B called in. So. Yo, morning, dude. Glad to be here. All right, um, so um, I'm not going to say if you did well or good for the pond hockey tournament, but uh, since I wasn't there, what was one jersey you guys thought was cool um, throughout the tournament you were there? Also, um, yeah, that's about all I got. All right, later, guys. Peace. Did he say one jersey? Yeah, what was your favorite jersey at the pond hockey tournament you went to this weekend? Very relatable for our listeners. Well, no, so if you check out our Instagram at morning underscore ski, I, I tweeted out our teams. We have this Navy Molson, which is essentially like cream uh, New York Ranger jerseys that we edited the jersey logo with. Uh, this one guy, he owns a restaurant, the Barrel House in Saratoga. They got new jerseys this year, and they got the Ottawa 67 jerseys with his logo on the front, which was pretty sick. And then uh, Cowboy, who's our enforcer on Navy Molson, he played with his brother, and they went out and bought – the home and away set Mighty Duck jerseys for sixty bucks from China, and those look pretty sick. Um, other than that, there really wasn't any like that flashy kind of looking thing. So, I mean, Hal, I don't really know how you can answer this question, but do you have anything with this? No, I would like to say though. I think, I think it would be cool. Like sometimes less is more. Do you ever remember? Have you ever been on a team? And it's, I think it's the dumbest move ever, where they give you all white practice jerseys. And by the end of the year, there's just, like, blood and, like, orange, like, pit stains yeah. and just yellowness and, like, chewing tobacco and, like, everything is on that jersey and it's so gross. I think if, like, a pond hockey team or, like, a beer league team, like, maybe, like, cut the sleeves off of those jerseys or something like that and wore them like that, I think that would be a sick look. Just the all-white nails, like, this jersey's been sitting at the bottom of my bag for three years and it smells like shit and I'm going to rub up against you. See, I like those jerseys because in hockey... You don't really ever get, like, you know, in football, Ohio State, you get those stickers put on your helmet if you make a good play? Yeah. If you see somebody wearing an all-white jersey that just looks like mustard as fuck, that's how you know the guy's been playing good. Dude, that means he's grinding in the corners of practice on those one-on-one battles. Yeah. 100%. I think those are the most glorious jerseys ever. Like, yeah. It's so sick. It's crazy how far, like, beer league jerseys have come. And, like, I think it's because of, like, the age of social media. And I know you do a good job of, like, finding cool ones all over, like, North America. And I'm not shitting on that at all. But sometimes I just think if you can just go with a classic fucking grinded out look, it's a it's a real winner. No, I agree with that. So gross white jerseys are spirit stickers in the NHL or in hockey in general. So thank you for the voicemails. If you guys have any more, 518-309-2595. That is 518-309-2595. That was the Patty B Hotline. Now we're going to move on to our Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. You're on zero time. Here we go. You or me. Who's going first? 
You can go, bud. All right, so... Uh, well, I think we normally go heroes first, so this this week I'll go zero. I'm going to change it up a little bit. My zero of the week goes to Elaine Vignon. Uh, the New York Rangers obviously haven't had that great of a year, and then after we talked about it earlier, management came out and said, like, this is what's going on, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but the New York Islanders have been just, like, fucking the same spot the Rangers pretty much have been in forever, and instead of, like, addressing that issue, they just, they just blame it on other things, so it is what it is. But after this came out, Elaine Vigneault went to the press and said that he thought that they were one goalie streak away from being right back in the playoffs and that their goalies have lacked inconsistency all year. So he essentially blamed the Rangers' shitty year on Henrik Lundqvist. So my zero of the week is to this asshole. I really hope he gets fired. And not only fired, I hope he's never brought back as a coach in the NHL. Like, go go up into your French provinces up there and teach those assholes how to play, you know, a real good, clean, French-Canadian kind of way of hockey and leave me the fuck alone. So that's my zero of the week. You know who Alan Vigneault reminds me of? Some washed-up coach who runs a power skating clinic that every kid fucking hates there. And he's just snapping his gum as his hair slicked back. And he's basically just telling you to fucking skate back and forth. The yeah, he's terrible. He probably I, smells so bad, too. Fuck power skating clinic coaches. Those guys are the worst. You have to have a screw loose in your brain. Be like, I'm not going to run a hockey camp. I'm just going to make kids do sprints with parachutes on their backs. For three hours a day, and their parents are going to pay me $1,000. What dickhead? Well, I, I already thought about it, because, like, you and I have both done a power skating thing before. Um, I, like, what if I, I've thought about, like, oh, if we have a kid, like, obviously I want to have a kid who plays hockey. And, like, you know, like, sometimes if you get yelled at, you get grounded or whatever. I think whenever my kid does something wrong, I'm just going to put him in a power skating class. I remember, I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners will be able to relate to this, but I just remember every year there'd be a... In our local rink, there'd be a flyer that'd get put up, and it'd be like Ron Turcotte's power skating camp coming this summer. And every year, I'd be like, "Mom, Dad, I do not want to go. <laughs> no, thank you. I would rather just hang out and play roller hockey in the driveway by myself. I'm good on Ron Turcotte's power skating camp." Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that's a dickhead move by AV, though. I mean, Lundqvist, the shit on Lundqvist for this season when I, you watch the way that the team gives up on like everybody—that's just that's fucked. Um, Who's your zero? My zero of the week's the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, shout out, I didn't say it before, Rochester Americans have the six jerseys in the league, plus they play in Rock Vegas. Uh, really enjoyed that voicemail from the Buffalo Sabres listener. It always gives me grief a little bit that I always shit on the Sabres, but they kind of do it to themselves. So the reason they're the zeros of the week for me, earlier in the year they asked for a King's Ransom for a Vander Kane, like, First, seconds, prospects, like you name it, they wanted it all. And he was lighting it up. Uh, since that kind of came out, he's put up four points in his last 19 games. He had a goal last night against the Bruins, which I think was his first in 18. And you could say, you know what, that's not the Sabres' fault. Uh, you know, it happens to the best of us. They wanted to trade him while he was hot. They put him out there, and then he cooled off. But it is the Sabres' fault. Like, they're not playing for anything in this season. And what did they do? They took a Vander Kane. They put him off of Jack Eichel's line. They had their best trade chip on their best player's line, and he was lighting it up. And then they got rid of that. Why? I have no <laughs> fucking clue. Because all they did is hurt his value. Like you have nothing to gain for like putting demoting him to the second line. Like your season's a wash anyways. You're like thirty points out of the playoffs. Why are you doing this and making a Vander Kane's like value drop? I want to piggy. I want to piggyback on this with you. So there are two rentals right now that are high commodities: Evander Kane and Rick Nash. How many points does Evander Kane have in his last fourteen? What did you say? In his last nineteen, he has four. In the last eleven games, Rick Nash has eight goals. Oh, so you're saying spin zone? This is big for the Rangers. Huge for the Rangers. Uh, Sabers may be my hero of the week now. <laughs> Who is your actual hero of the week? Hero of the week goes to uh, the morning skate. So we played in this tournament. When you go, you have to sign in for your team. So I went in there like, what's your team? I go, you know, the morning skate. And he goes, I like that name. I was like, yeah, I run a podcast and a blog. And he's like, holy shit, you're the morning skate? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, we've heard all about you and all this shit. So I gave the, uh, the guy works for Town Square Media. So I gave him like a bunch of like stickers and shit like that. So I thought that was kind of cool how like we're kind of making an impression, at least in the Capital District. So here the week goes out to us fucking working our bag off. Yeah, you work your bag off, dude. I just show up on Sundays and spit a couple hot takes into the microphone. I, the, um, the, I'm, I'm going to say I was a little disappointed that I didn't get a blog about your current hero of the week, 
who is Chris Kelly. Uh, fans in Boston know him as the Cage for the heroic performance he put up in the playoffs with a broken nose, where he wore a Bauer Bauer combo and hammered Roman Hammerlick into the boards for a big time goal. Uh, people don't forget Chris Kelly. Uh, maybe one of the more mediocre players of all time, but also a good player. Great third liner. Uh, had a AHL career like none other for about four years. Just a real... Uh, I don't know how to describe Chris Kelly. Like, guy would disappear, but like wouldn't disappear at the same time. Like, he just did everything mediocrely well. You know what I mean? Like, just very black. He was vanilla cake with no frosting. Got the job done, could have tasted a lot better. Ipso facto, he's like 37 years old. He had a broken leg. He's playing for like the Binghamton Senators or some shit in the AHL. But he was named Olympic captain of Team Canada. Just let that soak in. Chris Kelly, Team Canada, Olympic captain. Never thought I would see the day. Couldn't be more proud of him. Chris Kelly, captain of Canada. I wonder what the odds of him ever being named captain of Team Canada were back when NHL players like went to the Olympics, right? Like, one in 500,000 billion? Yeah, if you had put down $5 on that, you could, on that bet, whatever that line would be, you would probably be able to own all the Bitcoin in the world for sure. Yeah, I, uh... you'd have more money than Elon Musk, dude. I'd be, send, yeah. I'd be sending heavy Chevys up to the moon, dude, instead of stupid fucking Teslas. Here's the thing, though. Here's my question for you. Do you think this is a good thing? That, like, if you're Chris Kelly, are you, one, scared that you're going to be the country's scapegoat? Because this could very well be a year that Canada doesn't place just because of how weird the Olympics are this year? Or do you think Chris Kelly's kind of in a pressure-free situation because the stakes aren't as high? Not trying to be a huge asshole. I just don't really think anybody really cares about the hockey in the Olympics this year. <laughs> like... I mean, so, maybe in Canada, out. maybe in Canada they do, but like I, I, I'm I'm going for a medal count. Like I don't really care. Shout out to Feverboy Rex who asked us if we were going to vlog when the games are. I haven't even been able to see the Olympics on TV. Are they on at like three o'clock in the morning? Usually the Olympics are something that like I'm hung over on a Sunday and I'll just like watch like curling and alpine skiing for like four hours. I haven't even been able to find them on my television. I don't know if I'm not looking hard enough or what, but like. Are the Olympics a thing? Uh, I was at Druthers yesterday, and I watched the cross-country skiing when they, they shoot the guns at the targets. That's the only thing I've seen so far. Hell yeah. Yeah, right? All right. Heroes and <laughs> zeros of the week. Um, last segment, three stars. Send it. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, trade deadline's coming up. So, three stars of the week, the three teams you would want to get dealt to at the deadline. So, do you want to go first? Sure. I guess uh, my number three pick would be the Florida Panthers. Um, I've had a tough year. Uh, I could use a vacation. I think it would be nice to kind of go down there, maybe get a condo on the water, play some meaningless hockey for a couple of months and just kind of, you know, soak it all in. Florida Panthers, my number three pick. Um, all right, fair enough. My third pick is the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I like it dark and cold. I like, you know, just being able to hang out inside all day. It's an A-plus area to pack lips. And also, if the girlfriend wants to do anything, you can just tell her to look at the thermostat and be like, it is negative 30 degrees outside. We're just going to hang out inside today. So, third star, Winnipeg. Just looking to wear sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweatpants, sweatshorts, dude. Building fires. That's the way to do it. Fair enough. I would say my number two pick might be Vegas. Uh, just because realistically, like, they're going to make the playoffs, but, like, hopes won't be that high. Like, it'll just be an electric atmosphere. You get to hang out in Vegas for a couple of months, and then you'll probably lose, but, like, at the same time, you had a good run. Yep, that, that, that makes sense. Um, Vegas would be fun because then you can just party all the time, and you're good, right? I guess, dude. I don't know. Is it sad that both of my picks so far have been revolving around me not actually making a cup run? Vegas could make a cup run, dude. Um, my second star, I'd want to go to Dallas. You get to play with Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, but the, the 
the uh, the main reason is you got to think high school football training camps are probably about to be start happening right now. So you get out of the rink after practice, you head over to Odessa, Texas. You hit up the Permian Panthers Ratliff Stadium. And you just watch the boys throw the pigskin around. So uh, Dallas Stars, second second star. Perspective. Uh, my number one star team I'd want to be traded to. I think, I, you know, if I really wanted a chance to win a cup and I thought I could make a difference, I think it might be Tampa Bay. Um, I mean, they've fallen apart so many times. I mean, the Seleski had the sickest save the other night. Um, he had, like, the behind-the-back glove save. Unbelievable. They're playing red hot. They have so many stars on the team. It seems like the type of team, if you're a trade deadline acquisition, they don't have that much cap space, so all they're asking you to do is go in there and probably play a bottom roll and just do your job. And there's a good chance you win a cup this year. So I think Tampa, if you're, like, a – you're someone who has your name out on the market. There's no way you're saying no to Tampa. Tampa would be good. Plus, you got the beach and you can have Vinny Prossel's tanning bed. Hell yeah. Uh, my first star is Nashville. Uh, the location, a bunch of my buddies have gone there for bachelor parties. They say it's great. I love country music. I've always kind of liked Scotty Hartnell. Um, and honestly, Carrie Underwood's there. Every, every game you're going to see her up on the big screen. If that's not something that motivates you to play better, I don't know what is. Did you and Cooner last week talk about Mike Fisher coming back? Um, yes, I think we did. I don't so know. Last happened, week was so long ago. Was Carrie Underwood just like get out of my hair and go to work? Oh yeah, we actually did talk about this. That was our that was our theory. Like Mike Fisher was being too needy around the house. She's like, you need to go play hockey. Tough look for Mike Fisher when the wife's like, get the fuck out of here. But yeah, yeah then I mean, you get to go play hockey. Good. It's not that tough. Right, dude. I mean, I guess. Whatever. I'm not going to get into this with you. You used to have a Carrie Underwood poster on your wall, I'm pretty sure. So. I still do. I'm just, I'm just, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. He's literally pointing to a fucking Henrik Lundqvist cutout. No, dude, it's, it's right, it's right oh, there. Oh, yeah, there it is. Jesus Christ. I always thought that was Avril Lavigne, but. Sold out of her posters back in 07, dude. All right, dude. All right, so that was, that was the podcast. Make sure you follow us at Morning Underscore Skate on Twitter, Instagram. Check out our Facebook, read our blogs, all that good stuff. Hal, anything else? Nope. All right, fair enough. You guys have a good week.